What is up, DGAFers? Mom guilt talk. Yes. Or just guilt talk in just, general, but I feel like we do a lot mm-hmm. of mom talk in this one. I feel like I just like grunted. Yes. yes. We need this conversation. <laughs> we really do. We though. do. We yes. do. And yeah, I mean, we're talking guilt in general, but we definitely have like the motherhood guilt spin on this for sure. Yeah. So we actually talk about this really cool um, state that your brain is actually in when you are a child versus an adult. And it, it does apply to guilt um, in terms of motherhood and why we should get rid of it, get rid of the guilt. I mean, obviously easier said than done. We give you some tips and and hopefully explaining like the brain and how things are processed and will really help ease your like guilt fears like and make you feel better about the decisions that you're making. Because the one thing we want everybody to to learn and understand, especially women, is that you are still really fucking important. Mm-hmm. Like your needs are important. Your mental health is important. Your physical health is important. And so is your family and so is everybody else around you. But like you're the number one. Well, yeah. And I think, you know, the the piece that we forget sometimes is that when you put yourself first, you show up better for everybody else. So it makes you a better wife. It makes you a better mom, makes you a better friend. And so we, we touch on that in this episode, but we really go into the importance of putting yourself first and how to get rid of guilt if you're struggling with that. Yeah. And honestly, I feel like the more women talk about this, um, especially those who are kind of feeling like are overcoming that guilt, it's always going to creep back. Trust me, even though, you know, I'm sitting here saying it's so important to put yourself first. That doesn't mean I don't ever feel guilty and I do have to snap out of it and decide if this is the right fit for me. Um, But with that being said, like, I feel like the more people talk about it, And the more people say, it's okay to love yourself. It's okay to take a break. It's okay to ask for help. It becomes easier. Yeah. And I think, well, and two, I think, you know, whether or not you're admitting that you felt this guilt, like that's kind of step one in our process here. Please go into this with an open mind because when we play the whole denial game, there are people out there that just act like everything's fine. And all that does is lead to more judgment and more guilt. I was talking to one of my my other mom friends the other day, and we were talking about breastfeeding, which I feel like we need to do an episode on that eventually. Oh, yeah, it's we will. Coming. No worries. Um, <laughs> but she was like, you know, just make make shit up and lie to people. I'm like, what? She's like, yeah. She's like, because it's not even worth their opinions and their judgment. She's like, so she's like, you know, if something doesn't go well, just lie. Just make it up. (laughs) I was like, lie. It's actually very interesting advice. I've never received that piece of it before. Just lie. I know. But I was like, oh, like, she's like, yeah, it's easier. Just lie. Just like make shit up and it'll be fine. I'm like, okay. But because we feel guilty, because we feel like we aren't enough. And so this episode is going to really, hopefully change your mindset on that. Yeah. And, and I get what she's saying. It's yes. like, just don't you just be like, yeah, this is what it is. And even if it's not true, just to get people off your back, mm-hmm. but also, you know, there comes a point where you just feel like 
when you don't let the guilt kind of take over, take over, take over, and you are putting yourself first often, you kind of don't give a fuck what right. people think. So right. you can like, I'll just tell them like, yeah, this is what I'm doing. And if you stare at me weird, I don't really care. Yeah. Um, so you get to that point eventually. You do. And you do. that is our job is to help you get to that point because we want you there. And that's why we share as much as we do on our social media pages through this podcast. We're keeping it real with you like and it doesn't mean doesn't mean that everything's perfect doesn't mean that things go well a hundred percent of the time like that's total bullshit no we have our own struggles we share them with you we share how we've overcome them we give you some tips but we do that because we want to be this example for you in terms of just be yourself keep it real do the best you can and keep moving forward toward growth Yes. So if you are interested in this topic um, and just real conversations about health, wellness, mindset, putting yourself first, making yourself a priority. Um, Also, we do business talk as well. Uh, We have two ways in which people can be listening to this right now. We are physically recording this to put on Instagram. So we record all of our intros, um, like the live, you can see what we're wearing and what we're doing and all the things. Um, If you're watching it on Instagram, you can listen to our podcast, which is called Demand Growth Act Fearlessly. So DGAF. That really goes along with this whole guilt conversation. Don't give a fuck, guys. <laughs> um, but anyways, DGAF, Demand Growth Act Fearlessly, it's on Anchor, it's on Spotify, it's on Apple Podcasts, it's on iTunes, it's everywhere. everywhere. Um, so you can listen there. Or if you're listening to our podcast, you can follow us on Instagram at fit.and.social. That's our like health, wellness, mom guilt prioritize yourself first page. Okay. Weight loss, obsessed, all the things we talk about all that. Um, so you can follow that. Or if you're interested in building a one-on-one coaching program business, that's like fueling your soul, leaning into your passion, all of that. Uh, we have our business page, which is at W O V M underscore Lauren dot and dot Jenna. Yeah. And did I say that right? Yeah, you did. Okay. You got it. Come message us on either of those pages because we are always there. We will respond to you and get into some awesome conversations. So All right, let's do this. Welcome to the Demand Growth Act Fearlessly podcast brought to you by Lauren Mayer and Jenna Lockhart. You guys, we are just two average girls who realized that the only way to truly live an exceptional life was to fight through our fears and never give up on our dreams. So when you hang with us, you're going to hear it all. The good, the bad, the the ugly, and everything in between. As our loyal listeners, you're going to be known as a DGA-effer, like don't give a or get it. <laughs> oh, but really, we want you to think about this because you're one of two types. You're either a DGA effer who doesn't realize the importance of living a life of growth or change, or you're a DGA effer who doesn't give a bloop what it takes to reach your goals. Our hope is that we can turn you into the latter if you're not already there. This episode, this is really interesting because I've actually been listening to some podcast episodes about kind of anxiety was the first one I listened to was kind of how to understand anxiety a little bit more like and how to overcome certain different types of anxiety. That's not what this is going to be about, but I also listened to a podcast about reprogramming your core beliefs or even just like reevaluating your core beliefs. 
um, and deciding if those are your beliefs or if they were adopted through like childhood and things like that. And the, the one thing that both of those episodes had in common was talking about this mode that your brain is in. So there's different, like, I can't remember the word he used. I listened to the mindset mentor, by the way. So I'll credit him here. That's the, um, podcast I was listening to that was talking about this mode of your brain. Um, but there's like theta mode, alpha, beta, I can't remember all the other modes, but the one mode that he talked about a lot was this theta mode, okay, that your brain, your brain can be in. And theta mode is what like your zero to seven year olds are in like all the time. So this is where they pick up a lot of the things that they learn because their brains are like sponges because they're in this theta mode. If you want to learn more about theta mode, maybe Google it. I'm not like the expert on it. I've just listened to two podcasts where this was mentioned. Um, but we wanted to tie this in with guilt and we kind of wanted to tie this into more so motherhood and, but if this can apply to people who aren't mom or mom girls that aren't moms too, of like, but just feeling guilty, putting themselves first. Yeah. And it sounds like I'm actually looking some things up about theta mode right now. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like that's when we're like, super creative too. It's kind of what, is that what you picked up on Lauren? Yes. So theta mode. So just a little background on what at least I learned from these podcast episodes. When you're in the zero to seven year old stage of life, you are observing, uh, observing, I can't talk, observing so much that's going on around you, what other people are doing, what's going on in the world. But when you're receiving this information, you're not thinking about, so he talks kind of about like abuse for a second. He's like, if your parent from zero to seven is either physically, mentally, verbally abusing you, you, because you're in theta mode, you don't think that there's anything wrong with that person who's abusing you. You think everything's wrong with you. So when you're in this theta mode, your brain is constantly trying to figure out how you kind of operate within this world. And you're using that and kind of doing your own thing in like a creative way. Um, and you're experimenting a lot. Okay. In this theta mode. Now, when you become an adult and you get a little bit more exposed to a lot of different things and society and people telling you this and that, and you start establishing some core beliefs based off of how you grew up, you're not in theta mode all the time. And as you get older, your brain's really only in theta mode first thing in the morning when you wake up. So that's why they say it's not smart to look at your phone first thing in the morning, because it takes you straight out of theta mode. It takes you out of that creativity. It takes you out of that, like childhood soaking things in, in the day, like takes you straight out of that. Um, and I can't remember which mode he says it puts you in. It might be like beta or alpha, but basically a mode where you're not as creative. Um, you're not as open-minded. That is very, very interesting. Yeah. And- but it's true. I, cause I can feel that too. It's like, it's almost like when I, when I get on my phone first thing in the morning, like if I'm still laying in bed and I grab my phone and start scrolling social media, which I mean, let's be real. We all do it from time to time. But if I allow myself to do that, I 
I don't feel like I start my day as positively as when I put it away and don't look at it and don't, I mean, I literally have to let my, like not let myself look at my phone and make it a conscious effort to do that. But it's mm-hmm. interesting that there's, there's so much research that backs that up. Yeah. And so I was talking to Jenna about this. I was like, this is really interesting. Um, because when I was listening to this podcast and he was talking about these kids zero to seven in this theta mode, and this is where they really adopt all these core beliefs based off their parents, um, and what they're teaching them and what they're showing them. I was like, okay. And this is where I'm like, well, why are, why are women so, they feel so guilty like doing things for themselves, like working out or, you know, eating right, or even just spending time like with their husband, like going on date nights or hanging out with friends. Like, why do we feel so guilty taking time, like, I guess time away, I'm putting air quotes away from your kids to really focus on you, your physical and your mental health, because they say kids from zero to seven, they actually learn more so by watching you do things than you sitting down and telling them things. Mm -hmm. So you could sit down and say, Hey, it's, you know, it's really important. You eat your vegetables, you know, like you've got to have your broccoli and you've got to have this. It's good for your body. You're telling a zero to seven year old that, yeah, they might, you know, soak that in and say, Oh, okay. My parents told me that this was good for me, but they're actually going to learn more. So by watching you do that. So watching you eat a lot of vegetables because they're like, well, what are they eating? Or they're like a little more curious. And, And that's something that they get, you know, instilled in their brain between those years. So they actually grow up thinking vegetables are good if that is something that their parent has been showing them this entire time. So I was like, oh my God, like this is like the golden ticket to helping women not feel so guilty about putting themselves first, especially in that early stages of motherhood, which I'm in right now, but Jenna's about to be in, I'm about to be in it again with another baby. Yeah. And well, and I think it makes a lot of sense because you got to think like, most of what you learn in childhood, most of what your kids are learning, and it's all subconscious. Conscious. Is that how you say that word? I feel like subconscious. Conscious. <laughs> <laughs> pregnancy brains are so jacked up. I feel like I can't say actual words. I know. I feel like I can't fine. speak, um, but it's fine. Yeah. So, but you're, you're doing all these things and taking it all in not even necessarily realizing that you are, are, you know, as a a five and six year old, you're developing all of these beliefs and all these values and all these systems that are literally going to guide you for the rest of your life. And it's cool to, to hear that as a parent who's, you know, about to go on this journey. Like it is so important that we set the example and lead by example and put ourselves first, because then our kids are just going to grow up thinking that that's the normal thing to do. Yeah. Well, actually I'm in this Facebook group, um, you know, for moms or whatever. And one girl posted the other day and she was like, my daughter, you know, she, she's like, I feel so bad. I feel so like torn up because she came to me and was talking about how she feels ugly. I think she was probably like nine or 10. And she's like, she just talks so negatively about herself. She's like, but I tell her she's, she's beautiful all the time. And in my head, I didn't want to comment this because I, I I don't know. I just didn't want to step on any toes, but somebody did comment what I was thinking, which was perfect and great. But it was like, yeah, but you might be telling her how beautiful she is, but what she's seeing is you not talking to yourself 
like that. And because the lady started talking, like in her post, she started talking about how she's like, you know, I don't have the best body image and, and all of that. She's like, but I tell my daughter all the time how beautiful she is. And it like breaks my heart that she thinks she's ugly. And, but what's happening is, is you aren't showing her what positive body image is because you don't have positive body image and what she's picking up on is what you're doing it's not what you're saying to her mm-hmm. about herself and not that that I wanted to make this lady feel bad but just like kind of bringing that to the surface like let's be a little more self-aware because you can tell your kids all day like to do something, but if you're not doing it, they are not going to pick up on that as a core belief. Like they're going to completely, like that's not going to sink in with them. And that's why, you know, people develop the religion that they're in. And and most of the time people will just keep going with that religion because that's what their parents, they grew up in, in that theta state. So that's like their core belief. Um, you know, but some people do challenge that later on in their life. And that was like what he was talking about in terms of reprogramming, you know, your core beliefs, if that's something that you feel like you want to do, because maybe you're sitting here and you're like, I don't feel right. Like something doesn't feel right. I just don't know what it is. And he said, you know, most of the time it's you're living your life based off of core beliefs that you grew up with because you were in that theta mode, you learned it and you've never actually sat down and asked yourself, but do I believe that? Like, yeah, that's what I learned growing up, but do I Lauren believe that? And if the answer is yes, then okay. Then that's a core belief that you keep going with. But if the answer is, well, I'm not sure then that's where you have to do a little bit more self-discovery, but it's harder to do that in adulthood because your brain's not in theta mode all the time. So it's really hard to fix that. I mean, it's possible, but it takes a lot of repetition, like a lot. And I I think it takes a lot of, a lot of guts, honestly, because it's like, you've grown up with these beliefs your entire life. And now you're in adulthood. And now all of a sudden you're going to challenge everything you knew to be true. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's ballsy. It really is. And I guess, you know, our whole point here is we really want you to think about that and think about some of the beliefs that you need to challenge, especially if you do have that guilt that, that you're like passing things on to your kids and things like that, because they're definitely learning from you. Well, and he he also said like 70 to 80% of our, um, beliefs are negative. And, and, and so and he gave a great example, like if your mom, like, so let's say your, your grandma, you know, is always calling your mom, right. And is like panicking and saying how terrible the world is like, oh my God, did you watch the news? Like, it's so terrible. It's so terrible. Like this person died and this happened and that happened. And then what ends up happening is your mom ends up calling you all the time and telling you how terrible the news is. And you know, how bad everything is. So you grow up thinking the world's bad and scary. And so, you know, you're kind of doing the same thing. You're, you know, you're passing that on to the next generation without even really knowing it. Um, And so guilt is, that's the whole point of me telling that story is if you feel guilty 
for putting yourself first, it's probably because your mom felt guilty for putting herself first. And so the question is, is like, okay, that might be a core belief that you grew up with, but is that what you believe? Mm-hmm. You yourself actually believe because your mom might have like not ever did anything for herself the whole time you got, you were growing up. And so now you have carried that belief on and think that that's the way it's supposed to be, but you've never stopped and actually said, do I actually believe that though? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, and I think too, you know, I think back to Lauren, like when you first had Cameron and like, I, I, I've said this for the last couple of years. Like, I think seeing you be a mom to Cameron has made me more excited about motherhood because a lot of the examples of, mm-hmm. you know, friends that I I've grown up with and, and, and not even friends, like people on TV, like movie, like everything that I have been seeing and hearing and has been thrown my way about motherhood is that like your life stops when you have kids. Yeah. And then I met you and and your life didn't stop. Like you, you, and I do have a few friends who do this as well. So this isn't like a hundred percent, but like you still go on date nights. You still make time for you you still work out, you still, like, you have these routines, and you have these things in place, and you were a mom, and so it was cool for me to, to see that experience through my growth journey, and, like, be open to that, because it's, like, wait a minute, like, I can have, I can have our daughter, and I can still have me, like, it doesn't have to be one or the other. Yeah, I will say, though, that that was not a core belief I grew up with, like, and you struggled, you yes. struggled with guilt. You struggled with anxiety with that for a while. I had, yeah, I had to really challenge myself. Like that was a moment where, where I felt really guilty and I was like, oh my God, like I thought the same thing. I'm like, I'm supposed to stop doing everything now. Like I'm supposed to stop going out. I'm supposed to stop like enjoying cocktails. I'm supposed to stop um, caring about what I look like. I'm supposed to stop. Like that was going through my head after I had my first son. And I like went insane. Cause I was like, but I don't believe this. Like, I believe there's another way. Like there's gotta be another way, right? Women don't live like this. Like this is horrible. I don't want to live like this. And so I kind of had to challenge that and it was hard, but once I challenged it and the repetition of like, keep getting my workout in, get myself ready. Like obviously not right after I had Cameron, but this took, you know, it took time for me to do this. And I'll say sometimes I still get pushback from people, um, that don't have the same core belief as me as that. I personally feel like mom should have their own life and they should also be a mom. I truthfully think that that's what I like. That's how I roll. Um, but I do get people looking at me weird. Like for example, you know, sometimes my friends will get together and they'll ask, are you bringing Cameron? And I, my answer, no, I'm not. And, you know, sometimes they'll be like, well, why? Like I'm bringing my daughter and I'm bringing my kid. And I'm like, cause I want to have fun. I want to be here present with you guys. I want to enjoy drinks. I want to do all of these things. And, you know, even for like, sorry, friends, if you're listening right now, an example, um, even this coming weekend, like we're all getting together and, you know, some of my friends are bringing their kid, which is fine. Like, I don't give a shit. Bring your kid. I don't care. 
that's totally fine if you want to do that. I'm not bringing Cameron. I am nine months pregnant. <laughs> I do not want to be taking care of a four-year-old while I'm trying to enjoy my meatballs that we're getting. Like, sorry. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but, but yeah. And, and I, you know, I applaud you for that because I think that's just another way of listening to what you need. Does it make you a, a bad mom that you don't want to right. bring your four-year-old? Like you're going to spend all day with them. You're going to be present with him on the weekend and like, not a big deal. Like, I don't feel guilty not bringing him, but I, and and it's okay if like, you know, some of the other girls that are going to be there, they just genuinely want to bring their kid. Like, okay, cool. I love your kid. I can't wait to see your, your baby, like love them. But if they're bringing, this is the question I want them to answer is, are you bringing them because you want to bring them and you want all of us to see them and you're excited? Like, oh, cool. Or are you bringing them because you feel guilty not bringing them? Right. Like, if the answer is you feel guilty for leaving them with your husband, then we need to have a conversation because do you want your daughter or son to feel guilty when they need a break? Do you want them to feel that way? Cause if you, you got to think about that because now they're in this theta mode. <laughs> like if you need a break, take a freaking break. Like if you can, obviously, but, um, they all have husbands. So, it, but the question is they might want to bring them. So that's totally fine. Um, but I don't feel guilty telling people that kind of stuff. Like, no, he's staying home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, but, and I think this is a really good conversation to have. And, you know, if you're listening and if that is the question you need to ask, like, why are you making, it doesn't just have to be in terms of like going out with your friends and and we, we, I call all of these things, basic needs, like taking yeah. a break, getting your workout in eating vegetables. I mean, all these things are our basic needs, but why are you choosing to do the things that you're doing? Yeah. Are you doing it because it's your choice or are you doing it because you feel guilty? And yeah. if you're doing it because you feel guilty, it's time for you to revisit that. Yeah. And another example too, and we'll wrap this up. We'll probably, uh, this is funny because we recorded an episode about control freaks and John and I are like, we should probably record another one once these kids actually are out of our bodies. And then I feel like we need to record another guilt one when these kids are out of our bodies too. Cause I feel like that'll be a good conversation. But, um, you know, I even had a conversation with a friend who came over and she was kind of, you know, opening up to me and telling me she was feeling a little depressed. And I was like, Oh God, like, um, I'm like, well, are you doing anything for, for you now? I want to preface. I am totally aware that depression is a mental illness. And like you have like depression where you're thinking really terrible thoughts and all of these things like medicine. Yes. But also like, has anyone asked you the question too? Like, are you doing literally anything for yourself? Like anything at all? Like, or are you just on the, I'm serving everyone bus? Um, cause she has two kids. She, you know, works a pretty demanding job. I won't say the job cause I don't want to narrow down like who this person is, but she looked at me and was like, no, I, I don't do anything for myself. Like I literally wake up, I take care of my kids and then I work and then I take care of my kids and then I go to bed and I'm like, okay. 
um, she used to work out a lot. You know, when, when we were kind of a little more closer, I used to work at the same place, whatever. I was like, but you liked working out. Remember when you liked that? Like you actually really enjoyed that. And she was like, yeah, but I feel bad. Like, cause I don't want my, you know, she has like a little, little, little one at home. She's like, I don't want them to feel like I'm ignoring them. Mm. And I'm like, no, but the thing is like, you're not ignoring them. You're showing them that you value yourself. You're showing that little kid that mommy is important and mommy needs to take care of herself so she can take care of you. And if you're not viewing it that way, you need to start viewing it that way. And, you know, it's like, yeah, it sounds like this perfect thing to be able to wake up before your kids and work out. But a lot of the times that doesn't actually happen. Your kids are awake and they're right next to you. Why not show them? Why not do, even if you only get five minutes of it in, like at least show them the effort that you're putting in and it's going to make you feel better because you're moving your body, but it's also going to start triggering that in your child's head that like, oh, my mom's doing this. Like my mom's, you know, this is something she's doing and it takes kids a little while, but they do adjust and they, it's fine. (laughs) You know know what though? Kids are a lot freaking smarter than we give them credit for. Oh, they they totally are. They totally are. They take things in and like, I mean, it's, it's been amazing. Like even I, I and I'm excited. Cause I don't know if this is one of these things where I'm just like naive, but I don't know. <laughs> We're going to see, but like, I'm excited to be able, as my daughter gets older, like this is mommy's time. Yeah. And I promise you guys, when I figure out exactly how to train that aspect into her brain, we will do episodes on that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, that, that will be coming when we figure out the, the perfect formula there. So stay tuned. Um, ta-ha, perfect formula. But, <laughs> but like, even thinking about Lauren's son now, I mean, there, there was a, a solid period of time where it was very difficult for us to be doing calls while he yeah. was home. Very um, hard. Very hard. Like he would scream, he would cry, he would smash her oils into the wall on the desk. And like, I would have to just talk while she muted herself. Like that has happened at times. (laughs) Um, but I will say, I don't even necessarily think that it's, it's a matter of him getting older. I think it's a matter of like having conversations with him and explaining things to him because now, I mean, that, that just happened like a month ago, probably had one of those meltdowns. And this past weekend, you know, you Lauren did an awesome job of like setting the stage, setting the scene, because we had an hour long cohort meeting with our business clients who hired us to be very professional. And her son was home with her full time for this call. And she did an awesome job setting the stage for him. And he now will like come to the door and whisper like, mom, are you on a call? Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's just funny to me. Cause it's like, he, he knows like you're, you're at work. This is what you're doing. This is where you're at. They, they learn. Well, they also are testing you too, because when you're starting something new, you know, cause I mean, Jenna and I have been, I've, I've been working from home a year less than Jenna 
And, you know, so it's not been that long since I've been working from home. You know, my son was used to me going to work for a while and now mommy's home and I don't send him to daycare five days a week anymore because I don't have to. I send him three days and there's two days plus the weekend that he's home with me all day and my husband's back at work and all the things. So he wasn't used to me um, doing what I'm doing. He wasn't used to me being home because if I, when I was home, I was totally present with him because I had just been at work all day, you know? So, but now I'm like, okay, you know, I'm at home. And so he does his thing and he plays and I'll do my thing now, but it wasn't always like that. But I will say they, they definitely try to test you for a while because they're like, this isn't normal. This isn't what we normally do. So I don't think this is like, I don't have to listen to this. Cause like, this isn't the normal thing. Um, but even with like my workouts and stuff too, like before when I was working full time as a teacher, I got up at 4am to work out. My son was not awake. My son didn't see me working out, you know? So I was working out in my peaceful basement really freaking early and had no interruptions. But when I transitioned to working from home, I'm not waking up at 4am and working out. Hell no, I don't have to do that. And so every day that I work out, he's awake now whatever but he now is like knows like oh mommy are you working out yeah he's allowed to come down with me if he wants he just has to bring a toy you just have to bring toys and you have to play and or you can work out with me those are your two options yep. and it wasn't easy at first you know he'd be crying he'd be yelling at me doing whatever but you just got to keep doing it. And now what does he do? He brings his bag of dinosaurs downstairs and he just lines them all up and plays or he works out with me. Yeah. That's but, amazing. Yeah. It take, took, takes time, but they learn. Yeah. And it's not just us, you guys. We have a lot of fit and social clients who have trained their kids through this process as well. Um, and I know it's, it's sounds almost impossible when you look at your current situation to, to think like, yeah, but I can't, that's not possible for me because X, Y, Z, I, it's possible. It is possible when you set your mind to it and really get them in that routine. Cause they learn they're smarter than you. We all give them credit for. <laughs> yeah. And if it make, and you know, and the thing I keep going back to when it's hard and things don't go as planned, which, you know, always happens is I, I want him growing up with the core belief that your physical mental health is very important and it needs to be a priority. And so even though it's tough, I do it because I, I do it for me, you know, mostly because it makes me feel better. But I also know that it's, I don't feel guilty about going downstairs and working out and, you know, me not being able to tend to his every move for 30 minutes. I don't feel guilty about that because he's learning a core belief by watching me do that. He's probably going to think it's, you're supposed to just work out every morning. Oh yeah. When I, I remember days, I mean, a year ago, even that you'd be downstairs and he was three at that point, And he would yeah. sit and scream through your entire freaking workout and you yeah. just would push through. I just would just keep going and, you know, unless he was like heard, which he never was. He just wanted my attention, but yeah. yeah. He's just mad that you're not paying attention to him. That's all. Yeah. So, yeah. and now he learns and he's going to grow up with an awesome belief system around his health. Yes, totally. So mm -hmm. moral of the story is 
we got to really work on the guilt um, because if it's a positive thing, okay, now it's different if it's not a positive thing and you're doing it and you're feeling guilty, then that's a whole nother conversation. But if it's a positive thing, like you're, you know, you feel guilty about spending time with your friends, you feel guilty about working out, you feel guilty about whatever, those things that are good for you and positive, think about the core beliefs that you're instilling in, in those children. And is it going to actually benefit them in the long run? <laughs> the answer is yes. If it's, yeah. if it's a positive thing that's helping you feel better. Yep. And if you're struggling with this, reach out to us, let us know because we can have a conversation with you behind the scenes. Yeah, totally. All right. Until next time. See you later.